Welcome back to another episode of Fox and Fallon. Here talking about NFL free agency and the start of March Madness. I am Courtney Fallon, as always. Tanya Ray Fox. We're here. We have a very exciting show. This is going to be a big one. Today on the show, we've got headlines, headlines, headlines. We are going to discuss the rock star moves and duds of NFL free agency with a top 10 that we have carefully curated of the moves over the week and the weekend. We play a game of Would You Rather? So bring your uh, open-mindedness, I yes, guess. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 you're, and, and you're be we- ready. Be ready to be challenged. Be ready to have your inner thoughts challenged. Your inner yeah. thoughts challenged in, in, the, in weirdo ways. Yeah, for sure. This is a good way for people to really get started to get to know us. I guess it's like very Bill Walton-esque. Yes. After that, we'll do some gimmicks and rants on some pop culture. And then, of course, we will discuss the start of March Madness because it is the day after Selection Sunday. Um... This is kind of like a week that doesn't really spark joy for me, but there is a week in the NFL season, uh, the start of the new league year, that sparks yeah. tremendous amounts of joy. Yeah, and we took time. We took time to create this list. It's nothing crazy, you know. It's it's not a new format, but we did do a top ten of the biggest moves. It's all sort of transactions, so free agency transactions, whether it's a trade. We compiled it ten to one. The bigger the buzz, the better. Top ten moves. And the NFL free agency transactions, number 10, comes very close to home. It is Mr. Trey Flowers' Sunday five-year deal worth more than $16 million per season with the Detroit Lions. We had mentioned this earlier in the episode two of the podcast, kind of in our revival. Basically, he had made $4 million over the last four years. Trey Flowers was due for a major, major payday. He takes on $4 million. He's going to make $4 million over the first four weeks of the season. The Lions got their man. He goes back to Matt Patricia. He's a powerhouse on the defensive line. And apparently, Jesus, like the Lions have all the goddamn cap space in the world. They signed Danny Amendola. They signed Trey Flowers. Jesse James is a tight end. Justin Coleman. Um, the best move for them was signing Trey Flowers. He's going to be a mainstay. He's not a Dominican Sioux. He's not going to be as good as Ndamukong Sue on that line, but he's going to make a major impact um, in that run-stopping game. And I just think personally with the Lions, I think that they're taking, holding in every free agent that they possibly can now because I think Mac Patricia doesn't want to get blames when he messes everything up in the draft. I yeah. kept a PG right there. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I do love the meme. Did you see the meme on social media when Danny Amendola was signing his contract and it said, the look on your face when you know that you're done winning Super Bowls. I mean, it's. I think he gave up on that when he landed with the Dolphins last year, but it's a good reminder that he's sort of sinking to new lows every year. I just thought that was funny. It's great. Number nine, D. Ford, traded to the 49ers by the Chiefs in exchange for a 2020 second round draft pick, upwards of $87 million. It's um, a huge deal. It's a yeah, huge yeah. deal. I love this deal. Um, I think that defensively, I know that you're going to, disagree with me on this I think defensively the Chiefs are trying to get younger they're just due for an overhaul on defense they cut Tom Bali last year they just released Justin Houston and traded D Ford they lost 22 sacks between the two of them last year yeah last year yeah. of course you know but I mean this is a guy that it's going to be a major major pickup no brainer for the 49ers not only to add him to the defensive line but they have the number two pick in the draft, Tanya. Yeah. And they've got their eyes on Nick Bosa. And I know that. Of just hearing through the grapevine, looking through all the mock drafts, that is a major upgrade 
Those two explosive pair, chock full of pass rush moves. So you're talking I, about the Niners. Have the yes, Niners. Right. I think the Niners really, they really got a good deal in this one. And I think that not only when they do, if they do, and when they do draft Nick Bosa, uh, the two of them, they're going to be day one starters, double digit sacks between them. I think things are looking up in San Francisco. Yeah, it really matches what this what San Diego did with Joey Bosa, to be honest. They paired him with Melvin Ingram, and it works out great down there. Why not replicate it? Much like the Watt family, the Boses are about to take over the NFL. Absolutely. Number eight, Mr. Michael Bennett. Yeah. I like I like this deal, and I think that both of us, Tanya, when this happened, you know, we've got this like, you know, everyone's got group chats. It's like me and this me and Tanya chat. You yeah. know, we just go back and forth just um, seething over all the moves that the Patriots are making the offseason while Bill Belichick is on a beach in the Bahamas with his shirt off looking yeah, like... Yeah, and it has the feel of a group chat because we both have so many personalities. There's <laughs> actually like seven people talking in the chat, so what, it's great. <laughs> what is that movie with the... What's that movie with James McAvoy, Split? Yeah. Where he has 27 personalities. Yeah. It's kind of like that. I don't yeah. really want to na- label us as like no. mentally ill people. No, not, but certainly not. But um, we We're can, all a little we can, crazy. We can fill a text chain. And yeah, you're right. I do I do like this move. Um, Michael Bennett, it's funny because he's had this weird coming to Jesus moment since he came to New England. He's had to really look back at the things he said before about how he hates the Patriots and he hated Bill Belichick and he hated Tom Brady. And in classic Bennett fashion, he's handled it in stride. He's been really honest about the fact that, you know, the winning culture is hard to like when you're not a part of it. And he even resented Martellus. When he was like, yeah, I didn't, th- I didn't even like that Martellus liked it. He was like, that made me mad too. And now I'm here and I get it. And Patriots, haters, unite. Listen, exactly. it's like a group yeah. therapy, NFL's therapy session. Yeah. Everyone's getting together and admitting why they hate New England. It's yeah. because of the winning culture. And I like this move, Tanya. It's because clearly the Patriots knew that Trey Flowers was going to walk. Right. And this was the perfect low-risk, high-reward uh, move. Yeah, that's the best Personal way to put move. it. Yeah. It was, it was They're very tra- good at those at those short, sort of short-term bring. I mean, they did it with Chris Long, and it's funny, the Eagles and the Patriots have sort of been dominating this space, but they're doing it really well. Um, Michael Bennett has, still has a lot of gas in his tank. 100%. Yeah, he's older, but like he, not only is he a really talented player he's and a savvy. really versatile player, he's also just, he get, he understands how to, his place in the locker room as a veteran outside of Seattle now. Like, he started to really figure it out. So, I think, I mean, I, I I don't, there's nothing not to like. He's a great player for a great price, and it's, it's there's no there's no long-term commitment. Trey Flowers' insurance on that. I also yeah. like the move that they brought in, uh, you know, usually the Patriots will release, like, a list of um, a bunch of personnel moves. They picked up Mike Pinnell, a yes. Jets defensive lineman. Perfect move Perfect, to yeah. pair with Michael Bennett yeah. uh, on that front seven. Mike Pinnell has been playing against the Patriots for the last, I don't know, how many years? And he's looking up, and then when he gets a call, he gets a chance to say, I don't know, what minimal salary? Hey, do you want to come join the franchise that kicked your ass yeah. over the last three years? Absolutely. That guy's going to work his butt off for them. You know, bring some flavor back into the locker room. Good guys, sure. working hard. My hot take on all of this Michael Bennett, Martellus, is not coming out of retirement. He smokes way too much weed. Yeah, agreed. So number seven, um, Eric Weddle signed a two-year deal worth up to $12.5 million with the Rams. And I have to say, I was really jealous. Like, as a Pats fan, I honestly, I would have loved Eric Weddle on oh, the Patriots. He would have been perfect. Um, he, is so, he is a beloved team member. He was as beloved in Baltimore as he was in San Diego. He's a, an amazing athlete. And he just, he took the move, he takes the moves in stride. He's super happy to be back in, in 
Los Angeles or back in California. And he's like actually makes perfect sense. The way he plays the safety position makes perfect sense for what they're trying to do. They got rid of like LaMarcus Joyner and some of these guys that are a little bit more hybrid and nickel and not their kind of individual usage guys. Eric Weddle's like, he's a straight up safety. And that's kind of what, that's what Wade Phillips is building in, on the Rams defense. And when you, you see a little bit of what happened to them in, in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, this is actually the kind, they just needed a big physical dude to just like a guy who's not afraid to just get up in your face and not play those like zone defenses. This is the guy. So I, I love the move. I think it's, I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's a great move too. His agent is a very good friend of mine. I've known him since I was 18 years old and he was very emotional about the signing and people were like, well, bro, you need to relax. This is just football. He's like, no, this is more than football. Just goes to show again, what you were saying that yeah. he's a great locker room guy. I mean, if this, man has impacted one of the one of the best agents in the NFL and David Cantor has affected his life so deeply that is a great signing by Wade Phillips and number six is actually another really great locker room safety and Tieran Matthew the honey badger signed with the Chiefs three-year deal worth 42 million dollars which is a huge payday for a guy who's really worked hard to make his place in this league Tieran Matthew is considered not only he's not only an excellent defender, he's a great player, very versatile, very easy to coach. But he actually, even veterans in on the Texans roster in that locker room said this guy changed the dynamic. They were devastated when he left. For a team like the Chiefs, who we just talked about, they lost D. Ford, they lost Eric Berry. They are now going through what they're going through with Tyreek Hill and having lost, you know, all of these guys to either. Injury, age, Kareem Hunt. All other, Kareem Hunt. This is massive. He's a perfect guy to bring in. Andy Reid can kind of let him take a captain's role in that in that locker room, and he's going to make their defense better, which is which is really what they need. They allowed way, they were one of the worst defenses in the league last year, so it's perfect. It's piggybacking on literally what I said in it, earlier in the D Ford conversation was that they're looking for a defensive rehaul to get younger. In that defense, yeah, he's in the second, years old, yeah. he's twenty six years old, and it's unbelievable to me. Not only we could discuss, we could discuss the the market for safeties. I mean, I show me Zamanis and all Zamanis, like See. literally, like all of the money in the world is going to every safety. I mean, you just go down the list. It's unbelievable. I'm going to raise my child and say, you are going to be an NFL safety one day. Yeah, seriously. You're just going to kick out on the, I mean, on the baseball. Eric Reed has a job. They, safeties are such a big deal right now, and I mean. Let's look, let's face it. It would have been very easy to not give that guy a job, and he's he's a really good player, and he's another example of why like this position is getting more and more important. Well, I think also last thing about Honey Badger, it's unbelievable to me that yeah, he's 27. You talked about his impact in the locker room. He's so goddamn young. This yeah. guy has been in the league for like seven or eight years. Well, I, I think mean, he was drafted in what 2013. He drafted yeah. when he was like 19 or 20 years old. And yeah. we forget that he's he like, was drafted when he was 20, he's yeah. like Juju Smith Schuster. And so, I mean, which yeah. is a good thing. Juju's a great, great player, not only for the league image, but just his competitiveness on the field. Um, and just the way that he can impact a game. It's unbelievable to me that, you know, that, that he's literally been in the league for this long. Yeah, he's a great move. Number five is Nick Foles. Oh, he signed boy. a four-year, $88 million deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, just as everyone expected. And I have to say, I honestly am on the side of people where it's like, he's a quarterback who was an MVP of a Super Bowl less than a year and a half ago. 
I'm give him the money. I understand that $22 million is a lot for a guy who's been like an off and on starter and been a backup a lot of his career. However, you're, it's still number one. It's an upgrade from Blake Bortles. We know that. And you're talking about a person who's, if this is a team that is, they're dysfunctional, but they have potential. Yeah. And so when, if you go and you're getting a rookie in there, or you get a guy who can't necessarily handle a locker room or can't be, that's, you're getting a lot in Nick Foles. Yeah, you're getting a little bit of an up and down consistency wise, but he's very reliable. He's a really good leader. He's, he's a great guy for like, I mean, that, those running backs on that team need a guy to help them lead the way. Like they're not exa- Fournette and those dudes are not exactly like keeping their shit together all the time. I love this move. They need to re up on their uh, their wide receivers. I know that a couple of years ago, when Blake Bortles was still Blake Bortles and there was still somewhat of a promise before he had his regression, they had Allen Robinson, they had Allen Hearns. Um, I think they need to do some major work on those wide receivers because I agree. I think my hot take, uh, my hot take on all of this. We, this was one of the deals that was the most expected. It was kind of leaked by the Philly press, and we saw this coming all along. I think the Nick Foles take the Jaguars to the AFC Championship team. They're awesome. going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. They have a high draft pick. They're going to draft an O-lineman. They're going to they're going to build a fortress that's around a hot, him. That's a very hot take, considering how many AFC teams got better this year. I, you know what? I, I really, I don't think this. I don't think the Steelers are getting better. I don't think the Patriots are getting better. I don't think. I the I don't Colts really. And the Browns. I better. still the Browns. Yeah, I just I still don't think there's anyone that's out of the AFC South that's going to compete. Period. Regardless sure. of everything, the Texans on their late the their Colts. late season brands. Dang girl. No, I mean right. the Colts. Right. But yeah, but they they fell flat on their face. Andrew Luck fell flat on his face in the first round. Um, the Titans. I know the Titans just picked up Ryan Tannehill. They're just going to compete with Mariota. They have some of the old guys. I still don't think that there is anyone that's really going to compete in that division. That's not the New England Patriots or the Jaguars. Number four deals with the Ravens. And listen, we kind of went back and forth on this. I said Foles would be four. You said you really wanted to put this at the forefront. Yeah. Um, I fought for it. You fought for this. Yeah. Mark Ingram and Earl Thomas both signed with the Ravens. Ingram on a deal that's three years, $13 million. I Again, as we mentioned, uh, the safety mark is just absolutely ridiculous. Four years, $55 million, $32 million guaranteed. For Earl Thomas. Yeah. Why is this the smart move for you? So I think for for a couple of reasons, I love I love both these moves together, which is why I kind of made them the number four together. Uh, I think if you do them individually, it, especially after them letting go of Terrell Suggs and a couple of the moves they've made, it's, it would seem a little bit out of place. However, them signing a running back with the kind of, you know, with Lamar Jackson and the kind of offense that they're running, signing a really good, experienced, reliable guy who can – supplement their run game is a big deal. Mark Ingram's a great player. And Earl Thomas, I mean, this guy, think about it. Like, who was the who's the greatest safety we've watched play in the last 20 years? Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Like, this is a team that's always had just superstar studs on defense. And Earl Thomas is truly like a he's truly a next level player at this position. To me, he's the most exciting safety in the league. He's been so reliable and consistent and on a team full of loudmouth, crazy people in Seattle, he just stayed the course. And if you're going to start rebuilding on a defense that's actually done pretty well, staying, they've done really well staying good to elite, even as their great Hall of Famers have retired, this is the perfect move. Terrell Suggs is amazing. I'm He'll be a Hall of Famer, but he was... He's getting old. He's going to go like 
out to pasture in Arizona. That's great. Earl Thomas, he may be closing on 30, but he's got a long, he's got a lot of years left in him at an elite level. And I just, I know that if any team in the league can keep a defense together in that top 10, it's, it's the Ravens. And I, and this was the move they needed to make in order for them to do that. Number three, Antonio Brown. I don't even really think we need to get into this so much. Everyone knows the details ad nauseum at this point. Brown did agree to a new deal. Three years, $50 million, $30 million guaranteed. I kind of love the tone of this week. It's always about who is going to break records and who's going to spend more money. Antonio Brown, we all know who's going to get his deal. Yeah. Uh, he did shave the blonde mustache. He's rebuilding in that franchise. I think we, I mean, we talked about this last week. Whether or not they keep Derek Carr, I don't think Derek Carr is the answer. I think that Antonio Brown is going to be miserable. I think that his fantasy value has dropped. Um, but he is still Antonio Brown, and he is still going to put up 1,000, 1,200 yards per season with 100 catches. Um, they'll probably throw to him every down, but if anyone is smart in the AFC West, they're going to double-team him um, and make sure that he is not a threat in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, this is us putting some respect on Antonio Brown's name because – by all accounts, the Raiders have no idea what they're doing, and the Steelers got very little in return for a future Hall of Famer. So this yeah. wasn't like it's not like a it's not a superstar deal to me for either team. However, this is a player who is easily one of the hardest working athletes in terms of how he prepares in the league. He's one of the most productive wide receivers we've seen in this era of football. And he is going to he's gonna put up numbers. He's gonna figure out a way to do it and if there's, you, you know, if there's any team that could just like catch fire randomly, it's going to be a goddamn John Gruden team because we as NFL fans <laughs> end up paying <laughs> that karmic price for making fun of him. I don't, I actually agree with you. It won't be a long-term solution to some of their bigger issues, including quarterback. But I love the move just for like the real like taste we're going to get next season of the, of the drama. Uh, number two. Number two on our list, we're heading down to the last final two, Le'Veon Bell. Four-year deal, $52 million. That includes $25 million guaranteed with the New York Jets. Here's what I like about this deal. One note is that the Jets, I think, are no longer the redheaded stepchild in East Rutherford. I think, given you know the Giants being a complete and absolute shit show, they are actually on the up and up. And you look what the Jets have done in the offseason. They got Le'Veon Bell on a deal. This is a guy, yeah. unlike Earl Thomas, who held out. So you look at two, two players in the NFL that held out contracts, that refused to sign their tenders, that said, you know what, listen, I'll sit on an entire season. Earl Thomas came out and he got injured. Yeah. Okay? He held out. He got his money. Le'Veon Bell held out for the entire season. He was guaranteed to make at least $14.5 million going into this season. He held out. He got less than 13. Yeah. Okay. That's not the number that he really wanted to, but maybe that's a little chip on his shoulder. That's going to make him bust his ass in a division. That's definitely going to need a ground game to compliment Sam Darnold. The jets are red hot right now. They got Jamison Crowder, which was a huge deal. A wide receiver, slot wide receiver that the Patriots really I love Jameson Crowder. Dude, listen, yeah. he they they moved right ahead of the Patriots because the Patriots really need their biggest need right now is wide receiver, especially slot wide receiver. Julian Edelman turning 33 is not going to be healthy forever. I mean, we've been without him for so long that it can be easy to forget that he's like a transformative player. On he's, the field. he's 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 the better player than Antonio Brown. We were talking about two Steelers going into this offseason. 
I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell is the more talented player than Antonio Brown. I mean, it's hard to compare them, but I do. There is something. His yards from scrimmage, his yards from scrimmage, what he can do, what he can do as a runner, what he can do as a receiver. There, he's he is Todd Gurley without the injuries. He is David Johnson without the crappy offensive coordinators. I mean, he is all of these super talented pass catching, physical running backs. But like without any of the crap, because like you said, he rested his body. And as as critical as I am of players who give up money in the now to hope that they can in the future, especially the running back market is it's not it's not getting any better, guys. They're not getting paid. He did get his guaranteed money, so he got his guaranteed the 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 total that he wanted thirty million. And he's now going to be in a he's now going to be on a team that absolutely one hundred percent has gotten significantly better from from last season they've got a new head coach on top of everything else let's just keep this ball rolling I love it the last one and the most important trade of the weekend and the week and possibly the year my boy Mike Garofolo breaking out the news that the New York Giants traded Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns let's talk about the Cleveland Browns just off the top this team went from a perennial loser 0-16 team Laughing stock of the league, Hugh Jackson versus Baker Mayfields, the disruptive John Dorsey front office. They're not the lovable losers anymore. This team has gone from kind of a, hey, maybe they can do it, signing Jarvis Landry last year, to all of a sudden, oh my God, this team is a contender. They're actually the they're the odds on favorite right now to win the to win the AFC North. And I genuinely AFC North. I mean, they're I, the, the odds for them to go to the Super Bowl or play in the AFC Championship game is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are. I understand it. You know, if we're talking about the Odell Beckham trade, uh, in terms of in terms of the positive with gave, the Browns. Yeah, exactly. What they there's two gave, sides to what this. They obviously, gave up to get Odell Beckham made perfect sense for the Browns. Like it was, it was a no brainer for them to make that move, considering they now have their quarterback. They have they're they're ready to go offensively. They have he's best friends with Jarvis Landry, the best SEC tandem wide receiver that that league has ever seen. I remember doing an article about Jarvis back when he came into the league with the Dolphins, and I mean the two of them they didn't they they didn't drop passes. They dropped maybe twenty balls over their entire careers. The two of them as a tandem, they've been talking about how how disruptive they are in an offense now with Baker Mayfield. Tanya, we have to look at the bottom side of this of why we rank this number one in our top 20. And that is because of the flaming pile of trash of the New York Giants. And I have no idea. The outrage from New York Giants fans is such a proud organization. And I will tell you this, that I worked for the Giants a couple of years ago. And I'm very hesitant to speak out about the Giants. I think that everyone between Mike, Mike Francesa to uh, Mike the Mad Dog to Adam Shine. Uh, they speak for themselves when they say they have no idea what the fuck Dave Gettleman is doing. Uh, this was the wrong year for a rebuild. What he's doing, not only letting Landon Collins go, your number one most beloved locker room, and you're keeping a, a former number one draft pick and Saquon Barkley and old man Rivers, Eli Manning in a quarterback. Like I, I have, they better be drafting a quarterback to the future. They better be draft. I, well, I, I mean, I have I no, I have no idea where they're going with this. I it's think- not only, it's not only that they're trading. It's not only that they're trading away their best player. They're not picking up any big names in free agency. Golden Tate is old. 
Okay. Yeah, I think that at this point, it's pretty obvious that what happened is Gettleman is doing the rebuild a year too late. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem is he's put himself into a corner where he, if he was, first of all, he was telling us he wasn't trading Odell Beckham, then traded Odell Beckham, and then said, trust me, I know what I'm doing, don't ask me any questions. This is the kind of move where you're like, okay, that's exa- we you're making us trust you less than we did right after the trade by saying things like that. So I think it's more about the, all the timing. If you're going to rebuild, if you're going to rebuild, you have to go all out. You don't then sign Golden Tate for like a pretty significant... They, they, like, they, they showed him the money. Dude, why are, what they are you doing? The money. It's, it's all very messy. And there's a very clear winner on this and a very clear loser. And the, I mean, the, there's really no other way to put it. The, the Browns fleeced them and good for them. Honorable mentions on our list. I know that you had mentioned Teddy Bridgewater staying in New Orleans. Why do you love that? Yeah, I just love it. I think that he had the opportunity to go to Miami and be the starter there. And he said, you know what? I'm in a good spot right now with an old quarterback who can continue to teach me and can continue to bring me up in a pretty successful franchise under a pretty successful head coach. I'm going to stay here and do what I got to do. And it's a smart move. And we actually don't laud players enough for doing the smart thing for their careers. And I think that's exactly what he did. I also really love um, an honorable mention to Tyrod Taylor as the backup QB in San Diego um, behind Phillip Rivers. I think it's a really good. I think it's a really good pairing. He's a very smart, thoughtful player, and uh, and and the Chargers, while they don't have anybody watching their games and certainly have their fair share of issues as a franchise, they're actually like a great roster and a great great group of guys. And the and. Philip Rivers, he's loud, he's annoying, he's ridiculous, but he's, he's beloved by his team. They they deal with his crap, and I think that it's a uh, they're a really good one-two. They're the best starting quarterback, backup quarterback duo in the league. Uh, my my honorable mention goes to uh, Landon Collins going to the Redskins. Now I mentioned part of you know they're letting go and not giving Landon Collins a franchise tender. Um, really, the difference of money that he signed with the Redskins is maybe a couple three four million dollars. The yeah. Giants. Who's very big there? Letting letting a star like Landon Collins from the New York Giants go to a division rival. Now, when I tell you that when I worked for the when I worked for the Giants, I mean you could not wear team colors in that building. I walked in with a green shirt on. They made me go leave and change because it was Eagles. The Eagles yeah. colors. You're not allowed to wear red in that building. Uh, you don't speak about franchise. The fact that they allowed him to sign with a division rival is so against everything that the New York football giants and Wellington Mara had established with that franchise 50 years ago. It's unbelievable. So to you're me. actually giving props to the to I'm Washington giving a, for, getting, I am, for getting him. I'm giving props to Dan yeah. Snyder for getting him and not only getting Glenn and Collins, but bringing DRC that were so dynamic yeah. in that secondary for the giants. Yeah. Now they're repaired in Washington with Josh Norman I think the Washington. I think the Washington secondary did very well. Yeah, my second, like my second honorable mention: Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Dolphins. Listen, we're gonna miss Fitz Magic in Tampa Bay, um, and I've been saying this all along that the Dolphins have needed to rebuild. I, I really, I'm not patting myself on the back to say this because I really don't think Ryan Tannehill likes me um, for saying this because I've just been killing him for years. But I've been saying this. Well, you're not the only one. That's I've been saying, saying this for five years. I've been saying this for five years when I was a sports anchor in Miami. Ryan Tannehill is not the answer. He has no quarterback moxie. He has no idea or feel for the fields. 
He's not experienced enough. He doesn't have an arm. He can't stay healthy. I have never said that he was the answer. This was a mistake by Jeff Ireland when he was the general manager and he drafted up to go take a quarterback that had only played quarterback for two years at Texas A&M at number eight. It was a national embarrassment and Stephen Ross wanted to keep Tannehill to make sure that the league didn't know that they made a tremendous mistake by taking him and then signing him to a five-year $15 million This is year. actually, this is about your, them, them signing Ryan Fitzpatrick, they, which well, is like, that's you know, what I'm that's saying. Like yeah. Move you know, you feel like it fits the franchise better for what they're looking to do going forward. I think that it fits the Dolphins franchise, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of my friends are big Dolphins fans. Um, and I, although I really don't think Stephen Ross has any idea what how to run, I know he knows how to run a billion-dollar real estate corporation and related, um, he doesn't really know how to run a franchise, a football franchise. This was a great move by them. Ryan Fitzpatrick is still has years left in him. Yes, he did go to Harvard. Yes, he is very smart. Um, I think the rebuild is on there. And I, you know, I just, I wish the best of luck for Tannehill in Tennessee. I don't think that's the answer. No, I agree. And I think that, I, I mean, they're clearly trying to patch things over until they can draft a quarterback in 2020. So this is the right move. Switching gears to another little segment, Tanya. You know, we like our little gimmicks and rants. We love to rant and gimmick. And, you know, that's what people, that's what the people have come to expect from us. Uh, it's come people of Fox and Fallon. Uh, we have kind of put to bed a little bit of the give me more go away segment that was a little popular in the last first couple. We're going to do a new segment. It's called Would You Rather? So open your eyes, get your notebooks out. Okay. All right, Tanya, my first one. Would you rather root for the Patriots while they go 0-16 in the 2019 season with Tom Brady at quarterback or have Brady and Belichick retire tomorrow? Wow. You really hit me with a hard one right off the top of my head. I mean, but right okay, the I, heart. I wrote this. Right from my I, gut. I, well, I thought we were friends. <laughs> I wrote this one and I was like, I think we should do a new segment. And I, I think it was one of those times that I was like half asleep and I was like, ooh, this is going to fuck Tanya up. Yeah, you were like, time. how can I ruin her Monday? <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to indulge you because this is my job and I'll be a professional. Okay, what do you, um, you got So I think that while both of these are horrifying prospects, I think I would prefer that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick just retire tomorrow. They just like cut the, they just cut it off really quickly. I just, it's kind of like cold Turkey. They rip the bandaid off then to suffer through a really like, that would be four months of just hearing people be like, Oh, Patriots finally blow. Like it was, they should have, they should have gone out on top. They should have just quit while they were ahead. Like, I don't need that. I definitely don't need it while I'm like in the newsroom with all these like people making fun of me. Oh, for being so a this is going to affect your day to day job. Yeah. So I think I'd rather have them rip off the Band-Aid. I can take a week off from work, cry, you know, really get like, maybe I fly home and get get a hug from my mom. And yeah. So as hard as it is to say, I'll lose them tomorrow before having to suffer through 0-16. I kind of would rather um, watch the Patriots go 0-16 only because I don't really care to root for the Patriots sometimes. Yeah, You know, I've I've... I've kind of taking a step back and taking the love out of the football team because everyone's called me a homer my entire life. Um, and I think that that would kind of be the perfect way for Brady to realize, like, hey, like, I need to go. Patriots would do the right thing, and they would get a first-round pick. I mean, they would. They probably would get top three in the in the draft for 2020, draft a quarterback, restart the next day, and you still have Belichick. Brady would retire. Belichick would still be there. Mm, so if they could just wait one more year, they could get that kid from Clemson. 
That that quarterback from Clemson, that's the guy I want. Who is who is Dwayne Haskins? No, that it's like that tall blonde. Oh. Guy. Wait, to a to a to no, 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 that's Alabama. That's like that tall blonde kid. I can't think of his name right oh, now. Oh, and he's got the most football name mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now, and I'm not gonna lie and pretend that I'm not Googling it. However, that's yeah, but ju- it's like just it's like Hold on, Clemson quarterback. I just, like I like, I, you know what's really weird? And I just got to say this, like, for some reason. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. That's the guy. Like, Kyler Murray. Like, what are these, like, football names? That called, is Colt McCoy, like, not just the best football name you've ever heard anymore? Yeah, by now, but he ended up stinking. I don't want that to happen. I know, but Colt McCoy's yeah. dad's still a legend. Yeah. All right, next one. For the next three years, would you rather have a quarterback-running back duo with a dinosaur like Frank Gore and a young quarterback like Josh Allen? Or would you rather have the stud running back like Saquon Barkley and the dinosaur grandpa probably should already have Archie Manning playing for his son Eli? Okay, so that my options, basically would yeah. you have would you rather have a setup like the Buffalo Bills or, or the, the New York Giants? Yeah. Okay, so that yeah, essentially you're saying for the next three years I'd have to have old Frank Gore and like trying to figure his stuff out, Josh Allen. Or I could have old Eli Manning and stud Saquon Barkley. And to be honest, at first, my first instinct was to be like, well, obviously I'd want, I'd want Josh Allen because at least like, because quarterback is the most important, it's the most important position in any team sport. Like it's truly, if you have a quarterback, everything goes from there. We saw it with Cleveland. We've seen it with all these teams. If Josh Allen works out, then you can have a 45 year old Frank Gore slowly putting along for a thousand yards somehow every season and figure it out. Um, and I think that that's my first instinct and I'm going to go with it. However, the idea that I'd be abandoning someone as dynamic and truly talented as Saquon Barkley hurts my soul. I have to draw the line and say, I'd go with the bills. Um, if you were a Laker fan, okay. And you, this is a doozy. If you are a Laker fan, Tanya. First of all, it's a doozy because I'm a Celtics fan, so I love this hypothetical. Oh, I love this. And I almost want to, like, put this on a billboard. Yeah, okay. In LA, over the 405, take all of our advertising dollars and uh, and do this one. You are a Laker fan. Would you rather get Zion Williamson? And his supporting cast is not what the Lakers have right now. It's, like, washed up, shitty, old Duke team. But, like, you have to pull them literally out of the retirement homes that they're, they're in. They're the age they are right oh, now. They're the age they are okay. right now. Christian Leitner at his age. Shane Courtney Battier. Nice. And from Miami. Okay. You know, like, coming out to do, like, karaoke. I mean, he's okay. probably, like, 45 years old. Yeah. Uh, who else? J.J. Redick. Who else is on? Who else was on? The Grand Hill? Grand Hill, yeah. Grand Hill. Okay, so we get, you get all the old guys, like, with at Zion, their age right now, but yes, with Zion With Williamson, Zion Williamson. And you get them. Okay. Okay. Or you have Zion Williamson... And LeBron on the same team, but what? you have to pretend that Kobe Bryant never existed. Like, no mention of Kobe in the Staples Center at all. Oh. Take his number out of the rafters. Oh my God. So I actually have to really put myself into a Lakers fan body right now. Which I already know crazy. the answer. I'm like, I know my yeah. friend, my friend Beverly Hoodrich is already yeah, so like, I'm screaming thinking the answer like, here. I've been watching how Lakers fans have been reacting to this season, and it's like, there's nothing you could do to hurt their souls more than to take. Their beloved Kobe Bryant. Oh, but away there's from there's them. no you no know, no no. There's they no way. Can't they can't handle it. it. No. It's like it's true. I've never seen anything. The Kobe like army is wild. If you you could promise them you could promise them seven titles in the next seven years, just back to back to back to back. But if you said 
we're taking all Kobe's banners, all of his jerseys, all of his banners are gone from Staples Center. He never gets he never gets a statue, and he doesn't he doesn't go into the Hall of Fame as a Laker. They they'd rather they'd rather die. So to be, if I'm gonna put myself in the body of a Lakers fan, it has to be like I'll take old Zion Williams. I'll take Zion Williamson with his old Duke crew, which is imagine all those like very like hated Duke players all around this like I want the one Duke player that everybody loves and you surround him with oh my god that's so funny I I went to University of Maryland and I forever I forever will hate JJ Redick for the rest of my life (laughs) I don't care I just I think he's an asshole he's like genuinely like very well no 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 like no I I I just I can't he's a dick and I I think he's a loser and I I'm sorry hey JJ but if you're listening I'm Come I'm, on the podcast and, and argue with Courtney. No, I, I like you. We, we can shoot three throws in yeah. the, uh, you know, the West Hollywood dog park yeah. together. Um, side note, what I just noticed as I'm looking at this list, um, getting Zion with his old wash up shitty Duke team means that uh, Jeff Van Gunny gets his wish and LeBron is traded away. Yeah. Yeah. I think I wait. Listen, and now that I just realized that the stay woke moment of the, of the whole segment Every Laker fan is going to choose having LeBron leave town and getting the young Zion with all the old washups because I really don't think anything that lets them keep their precious Kobe intact is like the, all they want. But it's not even that. I just think every Laker fan thinks LeBron is a little loser. Well, they're going to be little losers forever anyway. They are little losers. Fuck the Lakers. Excuse me. <laughs> um, would you rather have in charge of your team? All right. So here's where it gets weird. This okay. is number four. Okay. Would you rather have in sole charge of your team John Gruden or James Dolan? But, like, John Gruden and James Dolan with, like, zero outside help or advice on personnel moves. Like, solo. Like, you know, like, basically, like, James Dolan's going to be chanting around his office, like, I'm not selling the team. I'm not selling the team. He's going to be, like, a little kid, like... Talking sitting clock, yeah, yeah, sitting in sitting in a rocking chair, rocking back and forth, right. crying, sucking his thumb. Or you have like John Gruden or you have in John the Gruden. other room, like with writing forty five names on the board in like in like alphabetical order and yelling at himself. Who is so? Okay. Who's the better personnel guy? Ooh, <laughs> well, I think so. This is funny because they're both sort of having like weird meltdowns, but in different ways right now. And um, what? And they're both wildly overconfident. So I love this comparison that you came up with because. And I never thought about taking them and putting them together, but they actually are of a similar mindset, which is like, I'm good at this and no one can tell me I'm not. And the more you tell me I'm not, I'm going to double down. So like, you're talking about the guy, a guy who's like a really powerful owner because he owns one of like, the Knicks are worth a lot of money. The Knicks are worth billions of dollars. They're they're a really big franchise. And then you've got John Gruden on the other end who has all of, he has all of these like, very good players' futures in his hands, and he's gone rogue. So, I mean, I think, I think, I, this is going to hurt my soul, but you put me in this position and I'm going to go for it. Yeah. I think I would choose John Gruden based on the fact that he is a personnel guy and he's had to build teams versus an owner who's sort of like out of, out of that element a little bit. Um, You put me in this position and if someone takes this, a soundbite out of context is going to make me look like a maniac, but I'd have to go with John Gruden. I think John Gruden is just as crazy as like Bill Walton. Um, and I, I, I don't find a future in anything that he's doing. But you, I but think, you have to pick. Listen, no, I'm. Well, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick no, John, no to John Gruden just based on uh, so an you're interview. Taking James Dolan. I'm taking James Dolan. Okay. Um, only because there was an interview that I listened to with Booger McFarlane 
a few months ago talking about John Gruden and whether they thought he was successful. He hates John Gruden. He's open about it. He traded him out of Tampa after they won the Super Bowl, and he's very bitter about that. Um, but he kind of went on the record by saying that John Gruden is just an asshole, and he doesn't listen to anyone, and he's kind of stuck in his own head, and he's going to make his own bad decisions. Um, I would much rather have the greedy idiot who's hated um, by all of New York and all of the Mecca, banning people left and right from Madison Square Garden. I would rather have the billionaire who suddenly, as everyone's saying, like, you know, sell the team, James Dolan, sell the team. Well, all of a sudden, like, this is coming up in conversations on local talk radio and the newspapers. I think he's reading those newspapers and realizing that the Knicks are worth billions of dollars. And I think that it would benefit him to reach into his pockets and pull a guy like LeBron and pay him max dollars. I would rather have the greedy, begrudging old guy in the Knicks shelling out dollars, you know, to any big star, superstar that's going to at least somewhat make a franchise Well, you different. make a good point there. But, like, I will say... All he really has to do is just sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and like he's all like all of this said, then people care about the Knicks again. Like, yeah. and those are two things he could easily do. So, to to your point, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to stay true to what I said. However, to your point, fixing the Knicks, at least in the short term, to get people back on board, is a fairly easy fix. And it would make yeah. him probably another billion dollars yeah. if he if he got LeBron That's as fair. well coming along. Okay, the last one. Would you rather, this is actually very funny. I was writing this and I'm laughing because I'm trying to think of something funny and weird. Okay. This is kind of, I, let me know, let let me know if you think this goes off the rails a little bit. Um, The last okay, the one. The more it goes off, by the way, the more, if it does, I'm going to love it even more. Okay. Stay as good as golf, spend a day, number five in the last one. Would you rather spend a day playing golf with John Daly? Uh, but you have to drink every hole and smoke just as many cigars. You got to go tat for tat when so he So drink for drink and cigar for cigar. Drink, drink for drink and cigar for cigar. And we're gonna like put a little birdie in John Daly's ear before he does this and say like, "We want you to go on a bender today." So you're gonna be hammered, okay. playing 18 holes, and you you're you know you have to like keep within five par of each hole with John. Okay. Like you can't just completely like. You know, whiff and happy Gilmore. Right. Like you got to be trying. You have time. to actually be trying. Okay. Um, go drink for drink and cigar for cigar with him. Oh God, he's so. Um, fun. or spend a day at the Daytona 500 in the passenger seat of a car where you are guaranteed to get into the scariest car crash you've ever gotten into in your entire life. You'll be physically fine. So you can. So you're guaranteeing a physical. You're fine. guaranteeing to be like airborne, flipping, and like. Roller coaster, like, oh my god, my life flashed in front of my eyes. You're gonna right. be physically fine and then spend the day in pit row with Dale Jr. afterwards. Like, Ooh. you're basically risking like being hammered or like PTSD for the rest of your life. Okay, so, all right, so I did I explain this that right? Is hilarious. Number one, yes, you did. So, like, my options are like have to go tip for tat with John Daly, 18 holes and keep up with him. But like I spend the whole day with John Daly, who might be one of the most hilarious, interesting, insane people ever. And you, ever. you may throw up. You're allowed yeah. to, you're allowed to puke right, on the golf course. Or I get to spend time with like a legitimately amazing, awesome human in Dale Earnhardt Jr. Who's I like mean, a legend. Hall of Fame, but Hall I like, of Fame NASCAR. I'm going to feel like I'm going to die in like a horrifying, fiery car crash. So these are my two options, right? That yes. I've got that correct. correct. I will say this. 
I have been in a couple pretty bad car crashes. I've never been. Oh my god, I've never and been in a really bad. No, I've I haven't. So I, I actually flipped my car on the highway when I was like a junior in college. It's the scariest thing. It ever. was really, really, really scary, and um, I, I was obviously fine. Like I was very, very, very lucky. I had my like guardian angels there and whatever. I could never go through a car crash like that again. I mean, knock on wood. Like let's knock on. Wood I mean, here, but obviously. you're sitting here like I. But I, like I could never. And it hurts my soul to say this because I think I think it'd be amazing to I think partying with Dale Jr. in a pit crew and like doing all that stuff at a NASCAR. And race I feel like that really would cool. be like really really thrilling and fun, like to be like driving like two hundred miles an hour, just like loud and fun and crazy. Um, how, and I will say this: I I can hold my liquor. I don't think I can hold my liquor John's daily level, but I can smoke a cigar and I can hold my liquor. So I would take my chance with John. Number one, because I actually think as like a, like my journalist brain kind of freaks out when I think about like being able to get stories out of him because he's insane. Yeah. And I just like, if I'm thinking about what I can genuinely, what is going to give me the like least level of PTSD, you're totally right. Like I'll fucking hang in there with like whiskey and cigars and do my best on 18 holes. I'm not a good golfer, but I would do my best. I'm the worst golfer in the world. I would take that over a car crash any day. I like anything that's going to give me like a residual effect of, of nightmares and uh, therapy. Although that's going to cost me less. You're not guaranteed you wouldn't get that from John Daly, but. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> and on that note. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of things that give me PTSD, this week is meaningful for a lot of people across America. It's the start of March Madness. Um, am I the only person in the United States that hates or just refuses to participate in the NCAA tournament. I think you are. I, yeah. I just, I, I do think you are. Listen, March madness just sparks no joy in my life. It actually gives you madness. It just, no, it doesn't give me madness. I have no, I ill have will. no ill will against it. Okay. Um, I just have never, I, I'm not into brackets. I'm not into bracket busting. I'm not into sitting at my computer and watching eight games on a Thursday and a Friday. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm just, there is nothing about that that excites me or gets me riled up. Um, you don't like watching amateur basketball I at 3 p.m. on a you Tuesday? You know what? Like, listen, like, I just want to say I'm okay with that. Like, I actually had a relationship end over March Madness. Like, my boyfriend was so consumed and had so many plans with his friends to go watch uh, March Madness games for his college that, like, it ruined our relationship. And I, I'm pretty oh, wow. sure, like, the beginning of the end of everything... Yeah, it was right then. ...was, like, over March Madness. So, like, so why can I, I bet, ever... Like, I why can I ever... Oh, and, and then his team went to the finals. And I yeah. was like, you know what? Like, I literally was like, every day I sat there praying... That they were going to get out. ...that they were going to lose. <laughs> I literally was like, I was like, okay, is this the day? Is this the day? Yep. I guarantee you we have listeners that relate. Because I, I, I think hope a lot so. of people feel I about really hope so. football Sundays. A lot of people feel that. I mean, I know my sister, her husband is, like, obsessed with NFL, just like we are, whatever. Every Sunday, it's every game or whatever. And she, like, she feels the same way. She's like, I, I don't even care. I hope they lose. I hope the Patriots lose. I hope whoever loses. I don't care. Like, I want this off my screen. So I think that you're actually finally feeling the effects of what sports do to other people. Like, which is kind of weird. It's like a role reversal. So I think it's fair. Like, you uh, know. I... It's not a wild take. I like every there are certain things in sports that like regardless of how much everybody else likes them, you just you can't get on board. For me, it's not March Madness, but I get I actually genuinely get where you're coming from because 
I think when people overhype something so deeply, you almost come to resent it even more. I just stop pushing this in my face. I stopped pushing this in my face. And, um, there are so many people that have such an emotional relationship with March Madness. Yeah, it is. And, it is. Yeah. And one one shining moment doesn't make me cry. What if Maryland isn't though? You don't even root for Maryland. Here's the thing. I you know Maryland was decent um, when I was in college. Yes, you know we hated Duke. Um, I did go to football games. Uh, I have to tell you the story about the one time that I rushed the field and it wasn't time to rush the field yet. And I ran on the field by myself. <laughs> We're going straight. Oh, no, no, for, for sure. It was actually one of the more embarrassing moments of my entire life. Yeah. But I think I made up for it because I took a picture with Special K, who was like the, uh, he was kind of like the fireman Ed nice. of like the, you know, of nice. the Maryland Steelers. Glory section. days. Yeah, glory days. I, I actually looked at that picture. I look really cute. Yeah. Um, when I was at University of Maryland, the, the, the women's basketball team won when I was a freshman. Oh, nice. Um, the men didn't win, hadn't won since 2002. There was a guy, do you remember the song back in the day for all of my 80s babies? Um, who is Mike Jones? Oh, yeah, Mike Jones. Who is Mike Jones? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, back then they didn't love me, now the hoes all love mommy. Yeah. Okay, so there was a player, okay. that song was hot, and then there was a, there was like a, there was a player on the Maryland basketball team named Mike Jones. Oh, yeah. So we would say, we'd be like, oh, we would like walk around campus like, who is Mike Jones? Like, all the white children of America um, you know, Doing at least, at least, at least in the in sorority, <laughs> in the sorority fraternity circle, right outside of DC. I mean, we just, we pretended that we were like the most ghetto people on the block. Like we had like a, we had, there was a guy that worked at the, as a bouncer at the bars that looked like Tupac. Called him College Park Tupac. He worked at Cluck U. How do you know he was wasn't the, Tupac? There's no, a lot of people who might have just heard that and thought hard conspiracy no, um, theory. Hard conspiracy yeah. theory. You can Google it. College Park Tupac. <laughs> College Park Tupac, he worked at Cluck U. College. Oh no, he was a, he was a spinning, he was a spin. I mean, but, but we all, all the white, you know, the, the white privileged children in the sorority and fraternity circle, we all thought we were like the most ghetto people ever. So at, um, at one point you were on board with college um, basketball. No, I was never on board. Um, I did cover a, a Maryland, a Maryland game when I worked for ESPN 980 and, um, I went to a, uh, a Gary Williams press conference and then my first question ever asking a coach was about free throws. Um, he chewed me out. Well, I mean, he learned your lesson. I learned my lesson. I, he chewed me out, and I was like, you know what? I never liked your your basketball team, anyways. Um, well. I we we were always one to um, the football team. The football games were fun. Uh, the tailgates were fun. We all just wanted the ticket to the Duke game, so we would do something called swipe and leave. And I know that the Scott Van Pelt is probably going to listen to this, or I don't know if we could send it to him. He's definitely not listening to this podcast. Hell no. But um, he's <laughs> he has agree. openly spoken about the hate. The hatred that he has for this Maryland student body that they used to walk in and swipe, swipe their tickets and leave and not attend. And I was number one, number one offender, number one hater, number one offender. Yeah. I never went to basketball games. I was never really into it because they weren't that good. You should have gone to a hockey school like me. We loved our small town hockey East games in Merrimack. <laughs> Listen, I went, I went from Winchester High School where it was like we ran the option. Oh yeah, the option, like, option I football. Option football for all of high school, and we were so bad. We would get our butts kicked by Woburn. That was just like you know they Woburn. were blue. we were they were blue collar, we were white collar, and the white collar kids didn't know how to play football. Yeah. Well, all your white collar high school friends went to my college. We yeah, had I know. Class going but they were like the, you should have were... come. We could have been friends earlier. <laughs> we could have been doing this for two more years. I went from Winchester High School um, to Maryland football, which was not much better. <laughs>
my football life never got better until I started covering the Patriots. But yeah. that's all the time we got on Fox and Fallon. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff heading up. We got a guest on the show on Thursday. Yeah. TPD. Yeah. We're not going to tell you who it is. It's a very special person. Of course, it is that Thursday. The, the day that does not spark joy for me. Well, we're going to be recording. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll be recording on Thursday and, you know, trying to get it out we're, on Friday. We're, no, listen. Um, send us your feedback. Fox and Fallon on Twitter. Fox and Fallon. Fox and Fallon on Instagram. Hit us up. Courtney Fallon. Tanya Ray Fox. That's all the time we got for the show. Bye, guys. We'll see you later. Ciao.